Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Ah, good morning. Welcome in. Out of Bounds, brought to you by the brand new Napa Auto Parts Store, I-55 North in Jackson. Napa Auto Parts Store, six of them in the metro area. They're locally owned. They are locally owned. Reggie Sims and the team. We'll take care of you. The brand new Napa Auto Parts Store, I-55 North in Jackson. Napa, get up and go. I-55 North in Jackson. Six stores. Number seven on the way. Out of Bounds, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Uh, I'm your host, Bo Bounds. And here we go. Week one was, it gave us some good game or some surprising games. Coach Prime, Coach of the Week. Mike Norvell, Florida State, Coach of the Week, and Mike Elko, Duke Blue Devils, Coach of the Week. Man, Clemson out recruits Duke by a million trillion miles. The Stella Artois caller line, 601-707-3750. Twitter handle at Bounds, And your Ag Up Equipment text line is 601-885-3776. I've already bet on Ole Miss. For the week. I wanted to get it early. And so uh, we'll see what it does. Jason, uh, did you go anywhere to eat fun in Orange Beach? So, yeah, we went to Voyagers on, let's see, was that Sunday? Yeah, Sunday night. Sunday night was Voyagers. Uh, Saturday night was, was that Louisiana Lanyap? I think it was Lanyap. Okay. Uh, Lanyap, I believe, was Saturday night. But Super good. Damn, I thought Lanyap had closed. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, I had the, I got the. It's grouper. a great area right there on the bay. Yeah, perfect. I had the grouper poncha train, uh, which is kind of like a classic, you know, just lump crab meat. It's got a nice pan sear grouper. Um, the 
Martinis, the Tito Martinis were phenomenal. Good. I, I thought they were good. I like they did a little too heavy on the on the olive juice. Oh, I don't get them dirty. Yeah, I, see, they're they're gonna mess it up. No, no, no. no. I get <laughs> if I go Martinis, I go Tito's straight up. Okay. Three blue cheese olives. Mm, blue cheese or just olives. Yeah. If they don't have blue cheese. Yeah. See, I like salt though, so it wasn't a problem to me. A a, a couple mm. of other people at the table said, mm. "Yeah, that's like drinking." Ocean water, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> I made a lot of martinis when I was bartending. Um, yeah, thousands of martinis when I was uh, when I was bartending. Were but, uh, were lemontinis big back then? Because lemontinis, no. that's like a go to. I think that hit after uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and that show on HBO. Mm, okay, what was it called? Uh, is that uh is that the Sex in the City one? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. 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 That, all the Cosmopolitan, which I guess was what a comeback forty years later, and then lemon. You know, people started doing all that kind of stuff. Um, I guess they were doing it in New York and L.A. and Miami even ten years before that. But it hit it hit us in the what mid two thousands, maybe somewhere in there, give or take. Nah, uh, I've never had a lemontini, but uh, Tito straight up, I'm down. Uh, I was, um, a friend of mine was kind enough to invite me to a suite this weekend. And I, uh, I did have a, um, uh, Tito's and water and a bunch of lemons. It was delicious. Did you, uh, pair that with your Captain Rodney's? I did not. I uh, missed out on the Captain Rodney's. Disappointed. Um, boo. This week. I did have somebody send me a picture of their Captain Rodney's messing with me. How did and it, it look? was not, well, it wasn't made like you described. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, the whole, when you said mayonnaise and uh, what was, what, cream cheese? Not cream cheese. Yeah. 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 Mayo, cream yeah, cheese, so, And onions. then Wendy was like, I was being a snob and she was like, you've never made a dip in your life for a tailgate. And she's right. And then she was like, that's not, she said, I'm not getting on Jason because I like Jason, but that's not how it's made most of the time with both of those. Right. And she said, believe it or not, you would actually, she went, you're not going to eat a lot of it but you would actually eat a little bit of it if it's fixed. If it's baked, no mayonnaise, a little drizzle of Captain Rodney's, and a lot of crispy bacon. Uh, but I did not have any. Wow. Um, Disappointed. Bro. Now, the spring, the spring Street guys, cigar guys hosted me. That was fun. And uh, and I stopped by and, and saw my buddy, uh, uh, Jason Bailey. And so, yeah, it, see, the weather broke. And so it was 25 degrees cooler than we thought it was going to be 20, a couple of weeks ago. Incredible. Same thing at Ole Miss. I mean, they were enjoying a an overcast day of, uh, you know, tailgating at that time of year is is usually not awesome. Yeah. We yeah. just do it because it's what we do. And yet, a Saturday in Oxford and Starkville was fabulous. It was great. And so I had a good time uh, walking around the junction. And just, I just put a backpack cooler on and roamed around for a minute. Now, I wanted to go up to my friend's suite and get to watch games, you know? Okay, yeah. Because um, that's just where I've kind of transitioned. I, I love visiting out in, 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 I mean, I've been to the Grove dozens of times. I, I love tailgating, but when I feel like I'm missing games with what we do, mm. it just gets, it's like, it makes me anxious. Right, right. Yeah, so you and, like a TV at the tailgate. A, a nah, you can't You can't watch games at the tailgate. You can't. You you can't really watch. Right. Like you that, can, that's that's not what I consider watching a game. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, you like to hear the commentary too because no, they I give mean, you. It's, hey, it's great. The, the fact that in Startmont Oxford you've got TVs is amazing. You don't remember nineteen? I mean, I, first time I was invited to Ole Miss in nineteen eighty four, we drove into the Grove in a car. What? And then <laughs> he did popped what? the trunk and got some Kentucky Fried Chicken out of the back. Uh, that was. So, yeah, we've come a long way from our rustic and rural and country bumpkin ways. Uh, I mean, a lot of people have. And um, so, yeah, but it was good, man. It was good. So you went to, you know, Lanyap is, uh, I don't know how many times I've been to the one in Destin. It's on Holiday Isle. It's, uh, they haven't changed the decor at all. Yeah, no. I feel like it's the same waiters and waitresses who waited on me in 1985 when I was 13 or 12. <laughs> and um, it's hit and miss, but it's just, it's it's too damn awesome to pass up. Yeah, old reliable. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And um, uh, it's kind of got a geriatric feel at the bar, but you just got to, I mean, I'll be there soon. So embrace it. But it does have a horseshoe bar. I'm a big horseshoe right. bar hey, yeah. fan. Yeah, it does. Um, and I like the bar at Lanyap in Orange Beach. It it's a little too close to the front door. I would have mm, I'd have okay. backed it up about ten or fifteen more because you know Winnie and I've been there a hundred times and and uh, it's a, it's a good place. But the people watching and the fact that it's on the water with the boats is fun. Right. Yeah. And the bar is cool. It is. It's got a cool factor. But, you know, I'd say arguably one of the most refreshing meals I had this weekend. I had, had a great dinner at Voyagers, but also I was on the deep sea fishing boat yesterday eating a ham and cheese sandwich with my hands that smelled like squid, and I couldn't have been happier. I mean, I was on, on you, a boat. You, you were eating what? A ham and cheese sandwich on, oh, a, oh, on a boat, like, and my hands smelled like squid, and I, you know, just all fished up, and I was like, this is the life. Wow. How far out did you go? Uh, it was like an hour and a half. Hour and a half out. Oh, that's not bad. Hour and a half back. Yeah. See, I can't. I'm a bay guy. Okay. I, I could have guessed that, I think. Okay, because I can't. It's a control thing. Right. Uh, right. I can't go out. I, I wish I could. But I, I, I get sick. Mm. And I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. Some people took expensive naps. On the boats. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, dude. Wow. Got, got, How many people did you have on the boat? Uh, on ours was 16. It was a good-sized boat. Damn. Yeah. And we caught, together we did caught 108. Did you say you caught me a fish? I did. I got some snapper for you. I got I to gotta grab it for you. And I love snapper. We caught a lot. Caught I mean, 108. I love, I love all fish. I love frack, whether it's fried catfish, but I love red snapper, grilled or blackened, um, you know, grouper, mahi, swordfish. Mm-hmm. Now I'm hungry. I got to tell you about a restaurant that you missed out on, though. Okay. On the on the other side. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. 
Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. There's only one show that brings you the best performances from Mississippi High School football. It's almost game time. We've got to go. Let's play some ball. It's time for the Bank Plus Player of the Week on ESPN 105.9 The Zone. I like it. Good morning. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Oh, the Bank Plus Mississippi High School Player of the Week. Back on the Out of Bounds show year two. We had a great year last year. And uh, so many great players to celebrate. Wish I could name five every week. Unbelievable the list that I'm looking at right now. Of uh, guys who performed on a high level. On Friday Night Lights, powered by Bank Plus and the Bank Plus Player of the Week this week is Nye Johnson, wide receiver, Germantown. And uh, Nye had five catches for 127 yards with two touchdowns in the Germantown Mavericks 54-20 to win over Canton, congratulations to the Bank Plus Player of the Week, Nye Johnson, wide receiver, Germantown Mavericks, five catches, 127, two tutties. Oh, man, for the Mavericks in a 54-20 win over Canton. Powered by Bank Plus, Friday Night Lights is brought to you by Bank Plus. It is more than a name. It is a promise. Check out bankplus.net today for personal checking, personal loans, and business checking. Bankplus.net. Congratulations to Nye Johnson, wide receiver, Germantown Mavericks, Bank Plus, Player of the Week. We are the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. I am your host, Bo Bounds. Jason is with me. He called a bunch of, uh, what did you say, Red Snapper? Uh, just just Snapper. I think they're called like Vermilion or something because Red Snapper isn't in, isn't in season right now, apparently. So we actually caught one and had to throw it back. Oh, oh, gotcha. Yeah, so it's a, it's, it's a different type of Snapper. It looks almost exactly like Red Snapper. Could have fooled me. Got it. Got, <laughs> but, it, got it, got it, got it. But yeah, it still uh, caught a ton. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So you're deep. Sea fishing trip was powered by USA Pawn. Yes. Bam. USA 100%. Pawn and their mega, mega, mega store. They buy and sell gold and silver, among many, many other things. Uh, USAPawn.com and their mega stores at 55 South McDowell Road. All right. USAPawn.com. USAPawn.com. Smart TVs, tablets, computers, game systems, powered by USAPawn.com. Hey, all right, so do you want the restaurant that I was going to tell you about? Yeah, okay. come, come on. So there was an awesome restaurant in um, Orange Beach for I don't know how many years, but let's just say 20, okay? Because I, I lose track of time. Okay, gotcha. Um, and I got kids and things on my mind. And um, so it was called Cafe Grazi. It was underneath Louisiana Lanyard. Underneath, oh, okay, so Lanyap is yeah, like up to, I got you. There's another restaurant and bar there now, but here's what I'll tell you about Cafe Grazi. Um, was it a five-star place? No. I mean, is there many five-star places in Orange Beach? No. But there's some there's some good places. And Louisiana Lanyap is more than solid. 
Yeah. And I told you about big fish and then there's the dives, you know, docks and keg and all that stuff. But, uh, Wendy and I stumbled upon Grazi in like 1998. Um, this is give or take. All right. And, uh, back when we were young and she still looks young. I don't, but the point is it's great. And talking about a great martini bar, they had a great martini bar and it's also right on the water because it's below Lanyap. So you oh, can see right. the boats come in and, 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 uh, and that was fun. And then if you get a boot, if you got a booth in the back, as we grew up and had kids, it became a place where we could actually go and have an adult beverage and something good other than like, um, a hot dog or chicken tenders. Okay. Yeah. But the kids, they were captivated because you know how it is when you're, you see boats, right? And the people would be coming in from taking people deep sea fit fishing of course and that that can hold a a kid's you know um attention just attention and then then the imagination and so on and what you do is you would take them out there and let them see it and and uh yeah they thought it was coolest thing ever so yeah cafe grazi was i hate that it didn't make it i don't know if that was a covid thing or not jason but it was a swanky little place kind of an italian vibe you know they had pastas and pizzas it had a little Bravo in it. You know, Bravo's got a really cool decor, and, and it's very uh, uh, hip. And so, yeah, Cafe Grazi was – was and, and, hey, man, that was for, for Orange Beach because Orange Beach was for years. And, look, I love Orange Beach and Gulf Shores and whatever. Uh, but for years, the only thing you could get down there was fried shrimp and fried uh, catfish and fried hush puppies and french fries. I mean, they just, you know, the, uh, the palette was, was very 1977. Okay. Yeah. I I see what you mean. And, uh, and so Grazi was, was, and when, when, when they dropped Cafe Grazi and, and Lanyap, that was before Big Fish, by the way, that was like big time. It was, it was considered, you know, fancy living. Wow. Oh. Yeah, I need, I really need to get my Orange Beach cuisine up because I was looking at places to go eat lunch one day and I was like, oh, is Tacky Jack's good? And somebody said, don't. Like- it's not. So here's yeah. the deal. <laughs> yeah. Is it a fun place? Look, we started going in the 90s and it was awesome. Right. Okay. okay. And it's on the bay. So it's, I mean, look, you got to take what, I mean, Jimmy Buffett just passed away, right? I mean, Buffett wrote about Tacky Jack's places and, okay, so the vibe is fun. The libations are, are good. Uh, I mean, get you some fried pickles or some fried shrimp and take it for what it is, right? Boats are going by. You're out there. There's you know, people in bikinis. I mean, it's a good thing. People are driving around in boats. <laughs> That's where we used to rent. Um, for years, I would, uh, um, I'd rent jet skis there and take oh, my wow. kids all through the, well, they were little and it'd give Wendy some time. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah. And it takes a while. So, you know, we roam around the bay and go around Ono Island, and they thought it was the coolest thing ever, you know. Um, and then there's sandbars around there and so on. But, uh, you know, hey, it was fun, no doubt. But they, 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 they do jet ski rentals at Tacky Jack's or whatever the little shop is. Right, okay. The little island-looking shop. That I get you. Kind of looks like a Jimmy Buffett place. Yeah. Now, I had a great lunch at, I think it was called Coba. We just did Cobalt. some Cobalt. Yeah, yeah. Cobalt. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
just did some apps like for lunch, a light lunch. It's on the water too. Right. Well, I mean, it's on the little sound. Yeah, going exactly. out into right, the water. Yeah, right under the bridge. Yeah, over there. I mean, that was they had a great. We were. I was searching for a good seafood dip, so we had you know a little crab and shrimp and crab dip. How was it? it phenomenal. Great. Okay. It was served. I was. I, you know, I'm a huge grits guy. The grits were supposed to be like a red pepper roasted red pepper cheese grits. Kind of disappointed. Well, I've got high look, standards though. I know. You got to take the good and the bad, whether you're in Orange Beach or Death. I mean, it's just, it's not easy to to have a, a restaurant and, and be great on the beach. I mean, 38's got some, but there's a lot of misses too, okay? Right, um, yeah. You know, I mean, look, Alice, I mean, they've got two in there that I, I think are more than strong. You know, Rosemary's got, you know, at least one, maybe. Mm. Um, surfing deer is good. But, I mean, I went to Louie Louie a couple weeks ago. I guess that was technically right at the beginning of 30A. I don't know. Anyway, uh, you'd have liked Cafe Grazi, though. I mean, the food wasn't great, but it was good enough for the beach. And the bar was great. They made great drinks, and you're on the water. I mean, that's that's what you got to. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's man. all you need. And sometimes you got to go to Tacky Jack's knowing that it's not going to be some kind of uh, culinary, you know, five-star deal but you just smash some uh fried pickles and you get a cold bush light and you've you're out there and you feel good about it you're gonna be fine yeah you're gonna be you're gonna be fine it's all good <laughs> it's all good i tell you why we're gonna be fine football's here oh we'll be fine for months Dion sanders mike norvell florida state mike elko at duke all coaches of the week did you know that Ole miss plays Tulane this weekend hotty toddy Hotty toddy, baby. In New Orleans, on Tulane's campus. Not in the Caesar Superdome. What a weekend. In the uh, world of college football, we don't always get that week one, but uh, exciting. You know, the coaches of the week, I got to go Mike Norvell, Mike Elko, Coach Prime. There were some others. I thought Hugh Freeze's Auburn Tigers, they didn't play a Power 5 team, but there's something about Freeze walking in the door and they're ready to go in five minutes. And that just goes to show you that... uh, Whatever you think about him is fine, but uh, he is one hell of a football coach. And uh, he's going to let the SEC know about it at some point. But uh, And their, their schedule is pretty favorable for a West schedule, right? I mean, they pull Vandy, and that's rare for the Auburn Tigers. Ole Miss is the only team that gets to play uh, Vandy every year, uh, 40 straight years, but 30 straight, 30 plus straight in the SEC West. And Auburn pulls the Vanderbilt Commodores this year. We are the Out of Bounds Show. We welcome in Tom Luganville. Our SEC Insider Hit is brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Tom Luganville, you had one heck of a ball game last night that I think shocked the world of college football. Well, there's no doubt about that. You know, it was uh, one of what looked like many shocking moments over the college football weekend of week one. And, uh, you know, it, it was interesting because heading into that game and spending some time with Mike Elko and his staff, 
Like, you came away kind of believing it. Like, he, he, they weren't arrogant or cocky in any way, shape, or form, but they just felt like they belonged. And they kind of liked all of the talk about Clemson and Clemson and Clemson while they just kind of hung out over here with this big-time quarterback that nobody really knows who he is. They're a really old and mature football team with a ton of experience. And I just think they thought they could hang. Like Mike Elko told us, he goes, listen, we get into the second half, and this is a one-possession game, and he goes, our, our, our confidence is going to skyrocket. And I'll be damned if that's not exactly what happened. Well, it did. And what about Clemson inside the 10 three times and no points, Luke? I know. Their first three drives of the third quarter, they go to the one, the four, and the seven-yard line. Um, two turnovers and a missed field goal. And um, listen, and I said it on the broadcast last night, most games are lost. They are not won. And I don't want to take away anything away from Duke. But at the end of the day, Duke had that spectacular run from the quarterback, Riley Leonard. But aside from that, all they did was not screw it up. They just they made fewer errors while Clemson kept – compounding error after error after error, which was so uncharacteristic of them as a football team and really as a football program. So it was, yeah, it was a, it was a bit alarming to see what was taking place. I, I know we're going to get into week two pretty quick because of the big matchups. We're visiting with Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. He called the game last night. He referenced, I thought it was a, it was a really good back and forth before the game with Elko and Lugs. And how calm Elko was. And just, that's not usually what you see. You're talking about a team that gets out recruited by 50 plus spots, um, you know, by Clemson. And yet, as Tom said, uh, they did what they needed to do. And, and Tom, when you're out recruited, when, when the talent gap is that wide, even in the first half, when Duke muffed the punt, I thought, because I've seen this a lot with Mississippi State and Ole Miss over the years, they play their tails off against a team in the SEC that's better than them. But you literally can't make one mistake. And Correct. when Duke muffed that punt, I thought, well, they won't be able to overcome that because usually when the talent gap is that wide, you can't, Tom. There, there's no question. And, um, you know, that was why Duke went 9-4 and four last year. You know, they were plus 16 in turnover margin, second highest number in the entire country. All right, when they're, anytime they converted over 40% of their third down, they went 8-1. and one. So, like, they did all the little things right. And in the first half, they, they had some self-inflicted wounds, and Clemson did too, right? Clemson uh, didn't let them off the hook. Uh, when, when Duke made a mistake, Clemson would then go and, and make one. But I'll say this about uh, – and this is why this still counts for something. We don't see it very often anymore because of, you know, how quickly guys are in and out of a program or how quickly guys move on to the NFL. That Duke team, if you run down there too deep, I would say 75% of their starters in their two deep, maybe not into their three deep, are either a redshirt junior, a redshirt senior, or a graduate uh, wow. transfer. So, like, their entire front – their front forward last night that started, two fifth-year seniors and two six-year graduates. So, like, age, maturity, experience, Having played a lot of football, 
it means something, man. And those kids, when things didn't quite go their way, nobody folded. Right. Nobody panicked. They just kept hanging in there and chipping away and chipping away. And and I'll and I'll say I'll I'll say this, man. And I and I said it on the broadcast last night too. The thing that was most eye popping to me is that when I watched Duke on defense, they were faster than Clemson on offense. There was not a speed discrepancy. How does Clemson that happen does not, with the way Clemson recruits, Tom? I I I don't I don't know. And and I we talked about it on the broadcast last night. Real Clemson was having a real problem separating. They were having a real problem getting guys open. And um and then and that leads me into my my next bit of analysis. I think they got a problem at quarterback. I I was not and I don't want to speak for the rest of our broadcast members, but we were all talking about it post game. I was not impressed with Kate Klubnik, and I didn't think Dabo trusted him. I thought they were very hesitant with him, thought he missed a lot of throws, um, just wasn't accurate throughout the night. They couldn't get the ball downfield. Um, neither team could for that matter. But you know, there's been a lot on that kid's shoulders in terms of anticipation and expectation, and I didn't see them look any different than they looked last year. Tom Luganbill called the game last night between Duke and Clemson. Duke with the big win. And uh, I agree with you, Tom. I don't know where Duke found that speed. But uh, that was imp- – and, and they're never – they never have that much speed in the secondary. I mean, you're right. That D-line, uh-huh. that veteran D-line was very disruptive. But where yeah. in the world did they get those guys that could run in the secondary? Well, they're not very big. And I think that's a part of it. They've kind of traded size for speed. It's weird because their body types positionally are, are, are the opposite of what they should be. They have like a 6'4 corner and a 6'1 corner, and their two safeties are 5'10. Um, but those two safeties can cover down, and they, and, and, and they play big, meaning that they may be 5'10, but they play like they're 6'2, 210. They're tough, and, and they're rugged, and they'll tackle you, but um, they were just they were flying around, man. They were confident. It was almost like they knew they belonged there. That was the feeling in the stadium. Nobody was overwhelmed. Nobody. It was, I didn't feel like Duke came out of the tunnel wondering if they could win the game. I think they kind of thought that they might. It was, <laughs> it was just a weird feeling. All right. Yeah. It's week one, and and we love to overreact every week in the uh, oh, in the Sun Belt and in the um, in this area. But but it, it, is it time to is it DefCon one for for LSU and Clemson or Pump the brakes, or where are you today? Um, it's Def. I think it's DefCon two, probably, for both programs, and for one reason that was really alarming to me for both programs. When the game got into the fourth quarter, in particularly the last two series, Duke pushed around Clemson, and Florida State pushed around LSU. True. I, I thought LSU said, "All right, I'm done," and waved the white flag. I mean, it was, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Florida State physically whipped LSU. And, and it, it, was, it was really something to see. And to see LSU and really Clemson the last two to three series uh, on defense literally got pushed around. I mean, it was, you know, the clock rule that I mentioned last night, you know, the, the new clock rules, 
where the benefit really comes into play is if you're ahead in the fourth quarter or late in the fourth quarter and you have the capability of running the football, it's going to be really hard for the team that's down to get back into the game because the clock's not stopping on first down. So you're just rolling and rolling and rolling, and Clemson was just letting them do it. And it was, it was just mind-boggling to see. So I, I think there's, there's reason for alarm. But I also – I say that, and I also firmly believe that we could say the exact same thing about an overreaction to North Carolina and South Carolina. Again, is North Carolina going to go out every week and have nine sacks? No. All right. Have they improved on defense? Yes, but maybe was a bit of that because it looked like South Carolina was somewhat inept on offense. They're OCs. You can't say this, yeah. I know, but their OC's not any good. Uh, Shane made a bad hire, but but so, um, all right. Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst with ESPN on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Uh, Tom, um, uh, I don't know how much of Arizona you've watched because you bounce around the country, but I do have a Power Five matchup in state. So if, I think Jaden Delora can can flat out play. He's played for a long time. Mississippi yeah. State is hosting Arizona this weekend. Uh, somebody described him to me as Johnny Manziel Light. We got to watch him last year. He gave Mississippi State some problems, although Mississippi State yeah. pulled away. It was a sloppy game late, late, late at night in Tucson. They'll be in Starkville this uh, Saturday. Tell me what you see when you've uh, when you've watched Jaden Delora play Arizona's QB. That that's uh, a really good assessment you made of him because uh, if. He's not very big. Like, if he walks out of the tunnel, you're going to look at him going, hmm, that's interesting. Because he's, he's not only is he on the shorter side, but he's on the thinner side, too. So, he kind of has that Bryce Young feel to him. Um, but he's scrappy, and he's competitive, and he finds ways to make plays. Now, I don't think they're anywhere near, especially on the road in that environment, um, that's going to be a difficult environment. That'll be something different than they experience in the Pac-12, you know, outside of going to Washington or going, you know, to Oregon, uh, maybe to Utah. But it still isn't Starkville, not not with the Cowbells. But um, they lost their best receiver in Dorian Singer to USC. And so um, Satoria McMillan is their, their big outside guy that they really rely upon. I just don't know what I would make of their roster – as a whole, they exceeded expectations in terms of win losses last year, gave SC all they could handle, probably should have won the game against SC that they played in Tucson last year. But I'm going to be interested to see how they handle the environment. I mean, at, at the end of the day, that's um, as, as a road team with an experienced quarterback, you've got to consider that if you're the Arizona, you've got to, you've got to feel like you're going to be able to handle that properly. Tom Luganbill on the Out of Bounds show. Jaden Delora coming in to start. Well, Arizona's quarterback. He's played a ton of football. And uh, he's a playmaker because, as Luke said, he doesn't have a lot around him. And what he did have, one of the guys transferred to, uh, did you say Southern Cal, Tom? Yeah, yeah, Southern Cal. Okay. All right. Um, let's go Texas, Alabama. Uh, what... What does Sark have to do to find the magic? I think Alabama's got a lot of question marks. Texas does too. But uh, what does Texas have to do to make this a game with a few minutes left to go in the fourth quarter Saturday night? they got to, they, they got to be able to effectively run the football. Texas cannot become one-dimensional because they're, they, they're unable to run the ball. They, 
here and, and the reason why I say that is I think they need to limit Alabama's possessions. Because say what you want about Jalen Milrow, he is a nightmare on the ground. I mean, he is a handful and he is big, physical, explosive, and that's something that Alabama defensively, they don't have to prepare for that element when they're taking on Texas. Alabama's playing 11 on 10. Quinn Ewers isn't hurting you with his legs. He's not, he's not involved in the design run game. So they've got to, I think, I think that Texas has got to avoid becoming one-dimensional. And, um, and their running backs are new. They're fresh. Cedric Baxter is going to be a really exciting freshman to walk. He got in the mix last week uh, in, in their win over Rice. Um, I know it was Middle Tennessee State, but Alabama didn't play like it was Middle Tennessee State. And I know it was Rice, and Texas played like it was Rice. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and I think that's the best way I can frame it up. And, and, and I don't – that's not to say that they won't be amped up and ready to go. They will be. Sure. But this is, this is a massive, massive, monumental hurdle for Steve Sarkeesian as a head coach. It is. And for this Texas program, this is what they haven't been able to do since Mac Brown departed. They, they, outside of the Sugar Bowl and beating Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, yeah. this is the game that everybody's been waiting for them to pull off so that they can get the, get the monkey off their back and just go forward and not have to worry about being judged with how they play in big games. It's, it's not too dissimilar to what we used to talk about with Jim Harbaugh, what, three short years ago. They were terrible against teams that were in the top 10, below average against teams that were uh, in the top 25, couldn't beat Ohio State. And the moment that changed, their program changed. And it only takes one time. So all the pressure's on Texas. Yeah, okay. Tom Luganbill on the Out of Bounds Show. Week one was fantastic. Week two, here we go. We think we've got better matchups and more Power 5 matchups, so it could be really exciting. Tom, Bobby Petrino... Uh, and A&M against Lance Guidry and Miami. For our listeners, Guidry is a dude. He was a uh, heck of a D.C. at Marshall. He spent about 10 minutes at Tulane. Uh, Mario was smart enough to tap him as their defensive coordinator. Petrino is, they look totally different. And so we could have a heck of a game. Who do you like and why this weekend between A&M and Miami? Well, it's interesting. I think this is an extremely difficult one to handicap because Miami looked really good. You know, I, neither Texas A&M or Miami played to the level of their opponent. And I thought Connor Wigman was really, really good. They pushed the ball downfield. They looked organized. They looked like they'd gotten a little creative. Um, there was clearly order within the offense. They were confident. They were decisive. You know, every adjective that I could use, they were lacking, right, over the last two to three years on offense. They did not – I know it was New Mexico. Okay, well, we had a ton of Power 5, Group of 5, and Power 5 FCS games. And a lot of them were blowouts, okay? But not all of them were. The ones that were were because the team played well when they should have. And I watched Tyler Van Dyke. I thought he looked really good. I think they got back – they got back to the offensive game plan that suits him. Mario Cristobal, I think – not just because he brought in Shannon Dawson, but they sat down and said, okay, Tyler, what do you want to do? What are you most comfortable with? What do you want to stay away from? And I think that's going fast, being decisive. That's exactly what Rhett Lashley did when he had with them. I really, this one to me is a toss-up. I, I really think it is. Do I think Miami is the better team? 
Maybe not. Maybe not. But, again, they, they can rush the passer. Got 10 starters back on defense. Um, I definitely think Texas A&M has better offensive skill personnel in terms of more weapons than Miami has. Uh, and I'm saying that based off of what I saw Miami have last year and what I know they have coming back, uh, and conversely with Texas A&M as well. So that may be the edge. If it turns into the track meet, does A&M have better playmakers? Okay. Hugh, I know it was UMass, but Hugh Freeze has the ability wherever he goes to make his team look good from the jump. And there is some, even some good coach, like Mike Norvell, took him a little while at Florida State. Yep. I mean, okay, no problem. Now he's riding high, more power to him. They look great. Um, you're, I mean, without getting bogged down in it, I know it was UMass, but they just looked sharp. They looked well coached on offense and defense. And you got to tip your cap to Hugh Freeze, Luke's. They they looked prepared in the same manner that Colorado did. Yes. And um, and I'll tell you what, and I love it. I think I said it on your show last week. I said Robbie Ashford will have a role here. Yes. And when they bring in that package, it could be short yardage. It could be goal line. It could be between the 50 and the plus 40 where you have a fourth and three, and you're like, we're not punting. Like, that thing makes them even more dangerous. I thought Peyton Thorne was very efficient. Um, and and then to be able to have that package that kind of changes things, uh, man, I, to me, like, that, it kind of reminds me of, like, the 06, 07 Arkansas Razorbacks Ooh. really first saw, you know, we first saw the, the true Wildcat. You had Felix Jones and Darren McFadden and, when things got tighter, they had short yardage, or they had fourth down, or they had a goal line, they immediately went to it. And so I think it's a great wrinkle. Uh, I know it was UMass, like you said. But, again, I think you, if you're a coaching staff and you're a fan base, and you go out and you play against a team that you're supposed to drub and you do, then you got to feel good about that. All right. Probably the last one. Uh, speak, all right. So Auburn, Bama, Ole Miss, Arkansas among other teams that are swimming the SEC West, have a guy or guys that are dual threat. Um, Mississippi State has not had that the last three years. Mike Wright ripped off a couple runs on Saturday, and this is something that they have not had. He had nothing around him at Vanderbilt and and beat Florida and Kentucky. Uh, Tom, I was at the game. He's faster than I thought. The kid's got some skills. Well, he's a lot like Robbie Ashford, right? I mean, Who's to say they can't do some of the same things when they want to um, and bring in a, a, a nice package that gives them uh, – here, here's the thing when you have this, is you are putting so much strain on time and practice and periods within your practice for almost two offenses. And one of them has option principles. And that's, a, that's problematic. That's hard to prepare for. It's a lot. And so I just think if you have it, you got to utilize it. We'll leave it there. Tom Luganville, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. Where, where are you this weekend? Aha, I can't believe you uh, didn't touch on it. I've got Ole Miss at Tulane. How about that one? All right, we got we got a minute and a half here. So yeah. I, I expect, I think, well, you can't go into it like that. All right, just, just yeah. Tulane lost their defensive coordinator, but they, they've done a heck of a job. Last year was an amazing season. Ole Miss is more talented. Give me kind of what you can say since you're calling it. 
Yeah, so um, number one, the two quarterbacks, two of the most efficient performances in week one of all of college football. Nobody's talking about it. I think there were either two or three incompletions between the both of them, Michael Pratt and Jackson Dart. So, I mean, you got to be impressed with that. Uh, Tulane beat a much better football team. Obviously, South Alabama won two games uh, or uh, won 11 games last year. You're right. Ole Miss has more talent, but that Tulane team plays above their talent. And the quarterback's a dude. Um, defensively, they had some losses at the linebacker spot, but they're still going to be deeper than people think they are. And not only did they lose their offensive coordinator, Willie Fritz had to replace his offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and special teams coordinator mm-hmm. coming into this season. Yeah, so Pratt, I mean, that guy, he's been playing a long time, kind of like Jaden Delora. Um, 75 100 total yards, 72 TDs. He's been around a while. I don't know if he can give Ole Miss's defense some problems, but he may can. He can throw it and he can run it. And then, you know, do they have the weapons to be able to pull it off? They're, they're a football team that's pretty diverse in their approach. Um, and, and they'll run it, they'll throw it, they're multiple, but he can run it too. So uh, if you haven't seen him, it's kind of like Riley Leonard last night when he came on in our open. You know, if you haven't seen Riley Leonard, you're going to like him. Yeah. And, uh, and he's going to be a darn good player, and I think Michael Pratt's very similar. Thanks, Tom Luganbill. Be good, buddy. All right, buddy. See you. Uh, he's got he's got Ole Miss at Tulane this weekend. Michael Pratt, seventy five hundred yards, right around the same number as uh, Jaden Delora for Arizona. Both guys have played a lot of football. We're live in the Bank Plus Studio, the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN one hundred five nine. The Zone is brought to you by Southern Ag Credit. Financing life outside the city limits from livestock to agribusiness and land loans. Southern Ag Credit in Ridgeland has the experience and expertise to make your dream of owning land a reality. Back in a sec. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.